Go with me, if you would, to John, the 14th chapter this morning, John 14. And you can also find 1 John 3. We'll go from one to the other, I think. John 14 and 1 John 3. John 14, 21, Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. You know, this is the law of sowing and reaping right here. If you manifest love for God by obeying him, he's able to manifest his love to you. It gives him a right. It gives him an open door. If you don't demonstrate love for him by doing what he says, then the door is closed to him. He's limited into how much he can demonstrate his love to you. Well, I don't like that. Well, it's the next verse. (laughs) Verse 22. Judas said to him, not Judas Iscariot, different Judas. Lord, how is it that you'll manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if a man love me. He will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and will come to him and make our abode with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which has sent me. Saying you love the Lord is not enough. Saying you love the Lord loudly and repeatedly does not prove that you do. This has been a confusion for many. They think, well, you know, the greatest expression of loving the Lord is saying, Lord, I love you. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. You can say it all day and night, but if you don't do what he tells you to do, he said you don't love him. Now, see, we don't, in our modern society, doesn't like that at all. That is politically incorrect. People don't like performance demonstrated love. They like unconditional love. (laughs) And they like their version of unconditional love. (laughs) You love me no matter what I do or what I don't do. And just know that I love you no matter what I do (laughs) or don't do. (laughs) millions of people that think that's Christianity. Oh yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Check up on assumptions. You know, so many, even in Christendom, and I see preachers doing that. I saw a preacher being interviewed a while back. And the interviewer said, well, you know, Jesus, he taught this and he did that. And the pastor said, yeah. And I thought, no. No, you need to speak up. He didn't. But he agreed with this unbeliever that that's what Jesus taught and did. You hear this all the time. Well, now, Jesus taught acceptance. He taught unconditional acceptance of everybody. He did not. No, he did not. He taught repentance. 
Did you hear me? We are to love everybody. We are not to accept their ungodly ways. We are not to accept or condone or agree with their sin. No, sir, no, ma'am. Just because somebody says, well, Jesus taught this, doesn't mean that he did. Examine it. Look at it. And this thing with love, people are confused about. Well, the Lord knows I love him. I mean, dear me, I know I don't act like it, but he knows my heart. And he knows it deep down. No, let me tell you what he knows. What he said. (laughs) It's what he knows. And if you and I do what he tells us to do, we love him. If we don't do what he tells us to do, we love something else. More than we love him, we're proving it. By doing something else instead of doing what he told us to do. And you can say, I love the Lord night and day, and it won't change that. The reality is, if you do love him, you're going to quit doing what you want to do, and you're going to do what he says. That proves you love him. It demonstrates it. And here's the wonderful news. When you do that, when you love him enough to lay aside what you and others want you to do and do what he tells you to do, he said, I am going to manifest myself to that one. Oh, glory to God. The Amplified says, I'm going to show myself to them. I'm going to make myself real to them. Now, friend, there's nothing more precious in this whole big world and life than the reality of God. God being real to you. You knowing Him. You seeing Him and experiencing Him by faith. Nothing more important than that. That's what the world is starving for. They don't want churchanity. They don't want religious tradition. They don't want to go through regimens and rituals and routines. They want to know if God's real or not. They want to see. They want to hear. They want to know. Now, he's told us we've got to walk by faith. But that doesn't mean God can't be real to us. God can be as real to you as this seat you're sitting on. He can be more real to you than any human person you meet day in and day out. You can communicate with him. I'm not talking about hearing voices. I'm not talking about seeing things. He may grant that occasionally, but he can be so real to you inside your spirit, making known to you by the witness of the spirit. You can be led in the small things of life as well as the big. But you have to make the decision. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. Go to 1 John there. 1 John 3, please. If you say you love him, but you don't do what he tells you to do, what's the truth? Truth is you don't really love him. You say you do, but you don't. Let's see if we can get that a little clearer. 1 John 2 and verse 3. Hereby we do know that we know him. How do we know that we know him? If we keep his commandments. He that says, I know him, and keeps not his commandments, is a liar. That's plain. And the truth is not in him. Plain. But whoso keeps his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. 
You could say it like this, the love for God perfected. You have to look at these words close to see in the original what it's emphasizing. And this is what it's emphasizing. It's obvious from the previous verse. He's talking about loving God. And the love for God is manifested and developed when you show that you keep his words. Hereby, by this, we know that we are in him. Down in the third chapter, the third chapter and the 18th verse. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but what? In deed and in truth. While you're here, let's just back up to that second chapter again before we get away from it. Why would somebody that is a believer, that is a Christian, not obey him? This is happening by the millions. Why? It's because you love something else more than you do him. John 3, don't turn there, but just listen. John 3, 19. This is the condemnation that lights come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. They loved what? They loved darkness. More than light. Is that true? That there are many people that love darkness more than light. If you love the light, you'd leave the darkness and come to the light. But if you love the darkness, you don't want the light. You want to stay with it. In 1 John right here, the second chapter, look at the 15th verse. 1 John 2 and 15. What does it say? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Now that doesn't mean you can't enjoy things in life. The world doesn't just mean, in fact, if you study the scriptures, there's a difference between world and earth. God made the earth. Nothing wrong with appreciating what God made. And all the great things that come out of the earth. But the world is the world system, the ungodly, godless world, world without God. A way of life, a way of sin without God. Don't love that. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You know, Paul talked about people that even helped him. He said, Demas has forsaken me. A man who was helping, having loved this present world. Think about that now. Somebody that had served with Paul, had seen the miracles, had heard the amazing teachings, had been a part of that, but then afterward decides, I'm going to Vegas. Somebody said, why do you say Vegas? They call themselves Sin City. Man, I wouldn't call myself that. That's like painting a bullseye on your head. I mean, understand, you must not believe in God to talk like this. But God is real. Demas left Paul and saw how much sin he could go into. You remember Lot's wife. The place 
is being destroyed as they're running away. God in his great mercy at the last second is getting them out of there. They shouldn't have been there to start with. How many understand if you can move to Sodom and Gomorrah and enjoy living there, something's wrong with you. You are not okay. <laughs> and the Bible said Lot vexed his righteous soul. It did bother him. But apparently it didn't bother his wife or his kids. And apparently he let them sway him and override him. And it was vexing him. But they want to, in fact, his wife loved it so much that as they're being delivered from it, as it's being destroyed, she looks back longingly. I don't want to leave Sodom. I'm a part of the Sodom Country Club. (laughs) I'm part of the Gomorrah Garden Group. And she became a pillar of salt. She didn't want to leave Sodom. She didn't. A lot of times people get their wish. I don't want to leave it. I don't want to leave it. I don't want to leave these drugs. I don't want to leave this life. Well, you can die in it. You can stay there forever. What gives you the power to break free from the sin? That grips most of the world. Here's one of the biggies. You've got to love something else. More. you got to love somebody else. you got to love something else more than you do drinking. Long as you love drinking more than you love God. You're going to drink and get drunk every day. Did you hear me? You wanted a people, so many times people think, well, bless their hearts, they just need deliverance. No, one of the first things people need is to want to be free. You cannot get somebody set free and they love it. I don't care how much you pray. There's got to come a change to where they want to be free. They got to be willing. What did he say? Don't love the world. Don't love the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. And the lust thereof. How many know this whole thing is passing away quickly? You're foolish if you cling to what's going on right now. You cling to your little sin. You cling to this junk. It's momentary. It's a flash in the pan. It's a brief vapor, right? Hold to His unchanging hand. Lay hold to Him. Love Him. Somebody say, love Him. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. If you do, and he says, quit that, what's going to happen? Well, what if you don't quit? Then you are proving, you can say whatever you want to, but you're proving you love that 
more than you love him. Talk all you want to, but that's how it really is. You, me, all of us. Do we love God? How about, you know, no need looking back. You can't change the past. (laughs) I said you can't change the past. Forgetting those things that are behind. Let's press. Let's reach forward. Let's press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Maybe you didn't love God like you should have in 05 or 06 or 07 or 08. But you're not living there anymore. You're living here. And in 2009, we can love God all the time. We can love God more than we love everything. We can put God first this year. Can't we? We can do it by His grace. We can love Him so much that anything He says, that's it. We're going to do it. We're going to prove that we love Him. If he says, I want you to do this, we're going to do it. If he says, stop doing that, we're going to stop it by his grace. Because we want to please him more than we want to please ourselves. We care more about what he knows and thinks than what other people know and think. We love him. Somebody said out loud, I love him. him. Come on, you need to say it loud enough so you can hear it with your own ears. Say, I love the Lord Lord. more than anything else, else. more than anybody else. More than my own life. life. I love the Lord. Lord. Now how are we going to know that's true? By what you and I do. In response to what he has said. So go with me to the book of John. We said as the Lord would help us and lead us. What we want to do. Is look at his words. And all of this book are the words of God. But uh, if we did a seminar on that, (laughs) we'd be uh, nine days into the millennium for the second part. So we are going to, as the Lord would help us and direct us, look at Jesus' specific words as recorded in the book of John. And we're going to ask ourselves, Three questions every time we see something. Are you going to John? John chapter 1. Anybody remember what three questions we're going to ask ourselves? Number one, we're going to ask ourselves, do we know who said this? Do we realize who said this? We're going to look at red letters. Tell me who said these things. Jesus. Did he really say it? Was he really born? Did he really live? Did he really say these things? Is he really alive today? Yeah. And we know from the book of John, the Bible says if everything that Jesus said and did had been recorded, he said he supposed even the world itself couldn't contain everything that could and should be written. So Jesus said and did a lot of things that are not recorded. Which makes these ones that are picked out. How many believe everything Jesus said was good? Everything he said was good and wonderful and to live by. But these things that were selected from among all those by the Holy Spirit and recorded and kept for us generation after generation, they must be preeminently important. 
So we're going to look at these words, and we're going to ask ourselves the questions, do we realize who said this, number one? Number two, do we understand what he said? Are we understanding what he meant, what he said, how it applies to us? And number three, anybody know what number three is? Am I doing it? Am I doing it? Or if I am doing it, can I do it better? Can I do it more? And then it's time to demonstrate our love for him by doing it. John chapter 1. It begins by saying, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Everything that was made and that exists came into being by the Word. God spoke, He said, and it is. Somebody says, well, I thought it was the Big Bang. Well, there may have been a Big Bang when He spoke. There is no contradiction between God and true science. True science will always prove what God said. Or agree with it, I should say. And uh, science that supposedly contradicts God and disproves the Bible is confused science. Ignorant science. Not true science. Jesus... The Word, verse 14, was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. As you keep reading in the book, John came and introduced Jesus. And uh, he, when he saw him coming, he said, Behold, verse 29, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. How many believe that He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world? And His disciples so believed what John said that they left John and started following Jesus. And in fact, so many people left John and started following Jesus that His diehard followers said, Man, this is not right. This is the Keith Moore paraphrase now. They said, You know, you helped him get started. You might say, what? You'd have to be that John was known and popular. Jesus was unknown. You helped him. You introduced him through your ministry. You helped him get started. And now everybody's leaving you and going to him. You know what he said? He said, that's just exactly how it's supposed to be. (laughs) I must decrease. He must increase. This is the way it's supposed to be. Glory to God. And uh, two of them that left him, notice we see some of the first were actual words of Jesus down here in verse uh, 35. The next day after John stood and two of his disciples <coughs> looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. They just left him and went after Jesus. You know, we've talked about this in our previous study There's been error about discipleship, 
And then there's been people that just ignored discipleship altogether. And one of the big errors that people got into is making disciples of each other. You're my disciples. I'm going to disciple you. So what's wrong with that? Everything. Since Jesus came on the scene, we are all his disciples. Study the scripture. See what I mean. Look at the book of Acts. See anywhere where it talks about Paul's disciples or Peter's disciples. It's not there. They're all disciples of the Lord. And uh, here it says, Jesus turned and saw them following, and he said, What seek ye? I'm talking about red letters. Are y'all with me now? Here's the first red letters in the book of John. Are you excited? Red letters. What does that mean? Jesus, the master, the head of the church, said something. And this is the one by whom everything that is created was created. God said, light be. And the way he created the light was by the Word, who is Jesus. And the one who was and is the way by which everything was created is now opened his mouth and said something else. Is this on the caliber of light be? It's the same word. I said it's the same word. It's the same God. Do we love him? Do we love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? How do we prove it? By keeping his words. Keep, first of all, means to treasure. Keep means to value. To treasure. It also means, just what we think it means, keep. Hold on to. Which means you remember this after you leave in a few minutes. You remember it this afternoon. You remember it tomorrow afternoon. You remember it Tuesday morning. You remember what? Remember what he said. And then finally keep means do. Do. Practice. Put into practice. Operate. Live. Live by. Do. Here we go. Red letters. Are you excited? Let me look. Let me look. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jesus about to say something. What did he say? What are you looking for? Somebody says, what's so exciting about that? Do you know who's talking? Come on now. If Jesus was standing in front of you right now instead of me. And he looked at you. And he said, what are you looking for? <laughs> Do you care? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It wouldn't be any more the words of Jesus than if you saw him saying it today. Just as much. What are you looking for? Does it matter what you're looking for? Apparently it does, or he wouldn't have brought it up. Why? In other places we know Jesus said this. Seek, and you shall find. What are you going to find? You going to find what you're looking for. Spiritual principles are involved when you start looking for something. Beware of looking for wrong things. I had a person some years ago in healing school at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry. 
And uh, she was fine and healthy, but she went to the doctor all the time and got test run and test run and test run. And they said, you're healthy, you're fine, you're good. She says, I know I'm not. And so she'd go to another doctor and spend all this money and another doctor. And she didn't really have symptoms. And I talked to her. She came to healing school. She said, I got cancer. I said, how do you know? I said, are you sick? You feel bad? No, I just know it. You got four world-renowned doctors and all their battery of tests says she's healthy and clean. No, but I know I've got it. And it just popped out of me. I said, the scripture says, seek and you shall find. She said, what? I said, if you keep looking for it, you're going to find it. And then you'll, you can say, aha, I told them all I had it and not realize you're the one that spoke it over yourself until it came to pass. When you start looking for something, good or bad, spiritual laws come into play. So you best stop looking for bad stuff. Because you'll find it. How many know if you start looking for faults in people? (laughs) What if you start looking for problems in your wife? (laughs) What if you start looking for failures in your husband? What if you start looking? Seeking you shall find. Sometimes people think it shows how spiritual they are. Because they think, I see things. (laughs) I see all their faults and short. It's called fault finding. (laughs) It's not a good thing. (laughs) How many know fault finding is not what you want to find? How about let's find virtue finding, good quality finding. Also, if you seek, you shall find. The spiritual person can wade through all the junk, part the high grass of all the flesh and problems and go, look at there. There's a diamond in there. So I said, I don't see it. Well, you're not looking for it. You have to look for it. You know, I've seen people in the scripture. They read the whole Bible. They'll read past prosperity and healing and not even notice it and go, whoa, 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 unto you. All they're looking for is judgment and cursing. And that's all they see in the Bible. You hear people say dumb things like, I didn't see healing in there. You're like, what? I don't see all that prosperity in there. You're not looking for it. You don't want to see it. It's there. Tell me what you're going to find. Help me out. What are you going to find? So is Jesus asking a very legitimate question here when he says, what are you seeking for? What are you looking for? What are you looking for? What are you looking for? Let's back up. You're going to find what you're looking for. So what do you want to find? That's what you better be looking for. Come on, tell me what you're looking for. Are you? I'm looking for miracles. I'm looking for promotions. I'm looking for advances. 
increases. Revelation. Strength. Looking for joy, joy, joy. Peace. So I don't see it. Well, keep looking for it. Keep looking for it. Because when you seek, seek and you shall find Jesus said it. Now let's just stop right here. Do you love him? Then what must you do now? He said seek and you'll find. What should you be? Do you love him? Okay, how you prove it? Seek. Seek him. Seek his to look for him. What are you doing? I'm looking for him. What are you doing? Looking for truth. Looking for healing. Looking for prosperity. I'm looking for light. Looking for blessings. I'm looking for it. I said, yeah, but what about all this junk here? I'm not looking for that. (laughs) Yeah, but there's junk everywhere. I'm not, I don't want that, so I'm not looking for it. Because you get what you look for. I'm, I know it's there, but I don't want to see it. I know it's there, but I'm not looking for that. I don't want that. I'm looking for this. Keep reading. They said, Rabbi, which is to say, Master, where do you stay? They don't know what to say. (laughs) Where are you staying at? (laughs) And his answer is interesting. What does he say? More red letters. Here's our next red letters. What did Jesus say? (laughs) Won't you come and find out? Come and see. Come and see. Somebody say, come and see. What if you stay away? What if you don't seek? He, he's not telling them the whole story. On purpose. They're looking for something. They've been following John. They're serious people. They're committed people. They are disciples. We spent weeks talking about that. They were John's disciples. And they, they are right enough that when he says, that's him. That's the Lamb of God. They said, really? You sure? That's him? Yeah, John, we love you, but bye. Because <laughs> you said, you the one said, he is the one. He said, that's right. Go, boys, go. They said, we love you. Bye. And so they're trailing along behind Jesus as he's going down the road. Jesus looks over. These guys are following him. They're still there. They go, hi. He doesn't know them. They don't know him. They're just following him. Now, are we back to this? Seek and you shall find. They're looking for something. What are they looking for? They're looking for God. They're looking for the Messiah. They're looking for salvation. They're looking for the Lamb of God. They're looking for the fulfillment of Scripture. Finally, he stopped. He said, what are you looking for? What are you seeking? What do you want? They said, uh, (laughs) where are you going? (laughs) Where do you stay at? What did he say? Come on and see. How many of them? This is not just a simple invitation. Come see where I live. What is this? Come see where this is going. Ah! Come see. Ah! Come and see what the next step's going to lead to. Come and see, oh, glory to God. 
What's going on? Come and see. Now so many want to wait until they hear about it. And then they want to kind of try to jump in on what's already going. You'll miss so much. The flesh wants to understand how it's going to work out before it starts that way. God does not operate that way. He is not going to operate that way. You can't talk him into it. You can't compel him into it. No way, no how. I know when it comes to so many of the things that the Lord has led us in life and ministry, we had to take a step not knowing. You'd get a little bit of direction and you'd go, what then? And you know what he says? Come and find out. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> we ain't got a clue. Where would the money come from? How would we do it? Where would we live? How would it work out? Where would the kids go to school? Where would this? How, what about the re- retirement? What about the investment? What about this? You know what the Lord will say? Come find out. Well, I, I can't do that. I have to know. I got to be able to see step two. I got to be able to know where I'm going to live. I got to know how I'm going to make a living. No, the truth is you don't have to know. You don't. If you love him and he says, come here, (laughs) you won't ask how, why, what for. You'll just come. Many have missed God. Many have missed God. Because they, uh, they're not going to move. They couldn't see how. They couldn't figure it out. Quote for me what Jesus said right here. Quote for me. Come and see. Come and find out. Come and discover it. Come and realize he is a faith Jesus. Faith pleases him. He requires it. It is not optional. If you say, oh, but Lord, that, that bothers me. Please, please, would you sit down here with me with my scheduler and show me how this is going? Because it, it just, it'd give me a lot of satisfaction of mind. It would really help me out. He's going to say, no. You want to find out? Come and see. Now get it. They don't know where they're going. They don't know if they're going to eat tonight or not. They don't know if they got a place to sleep tonight or not. They don't know what's going to go on in the morning. Do they? But when you love Him and you trust Him, you don't have to know. I said you don't have to know. You just say, okay, here we go. Yeah, I want to see. Let's go. Where are we going? I don't know. We're going to see. <laughs> it's exciting. I said, it's exciting. It's wonderful. We're at that place right now. As a church, as a ministry, we're at that place right now. We're not going to sit down and quit. We're not going to rest on past accomplishments. We're not going to be just happy and satisfied and stay where we are. We're going to be thankful. But, how many believe the Lord saying, come here. You can say, where? This come this way. Why? Come see. 
Yes, but Lord, it's dark up there. I can't see a thing. (laughs) Come on, find out. What's up there? He'll open doors. He'll give you opportunities. You'll look through them and go, what's in there? (laughs) What's on the other side? Come on, tell me what will he say? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What will he say? Come on, help me out. Come and see. And if you love him, you'll quit asking questions. You'll quit messing around. You'll quit waiting year after year. And you'll do what? You'll trot yourself right over there. You'll you'll get your little self right over there and you'll go, yes, sir. I want to see. Come on, let's stop right here. Did these guys see some things in the next three and a half years? Oh, where were they? What did they see? What were they involved in? They saw the glory of God. They heard the Father speak out of heaven. They saw Elijah and Moses talking with Jesus. They saw the dead raised. They saw storms calmed. They heard teaching like they'd never imagined. What if they'd stopped and said, well, now, you know, we'd like a contract. (laughs) You going to pay us? What's our job description? (laughs) What does the Lord say? Come find out. Oh, I need some assurances. I mean, I can't move my whole family based on come and see. I mean, the electric company don't take come and see. (laughs) You can't pay for your groceries with come and see. (laughs) Actually, you can. Actually, you can be better off than you've ever been. Ever been if you will come and find out. I mean, I'm rejoicing on one side, but on the other side, I'm not because there are many people that have not. The Lord said, come and see, and they didn't. They're still sitting and waiting. Sitting and been waiting for years. He said, come and see. And they said, uh, I'll just wait. I'll just wait and see. (laughs) No, he didn't say, Jesus didn't say wait and see. What did Jesus say? That's tradition that says wait and see. And many have replaced this word with the traditional word. Wait and see. Well, we'll just wait and see. Mm-hmm. We'll just wait and just see how all that works out. You know, don't get excited now. Don't, you don't run off half cocked and you don't know what you're doing. You've got to know. Jesus didn't say you got to know. What did he say? Help me out. Red letters. Somebody say, I like these words. I love these words. These words are my life. This is what I live by. This is how I live. I'm seeking for good things. I look for it. And I find it. Come and see. 
Glory to God. Stand on your feet. I could go on, but stand up. Glory to God. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six words. <laughs> How many know one word of His could change your life? Life changing. Life giving. Oh, hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands. Let's praise Him for a moment. Let's give Him thanks. Father, we thank You for Your precious, precious words. Thank You for Jesus. Thank You that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Every word out of His mouth is life to us. Tell Him that You love His words. Tell Him that they mean everything to You. Jesus, You're everything to me. What You say is life, it's truth, it's the way, it's everything to me. By your grace, I'll demonstrate that I love you by keeping these words. Everybody said out loud, I treasure these words. I will hold on to these words. And I will do these words. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.